Hello and welcome to the course. I'm your host today, Lee, and I'm speaking with Associate Professor Lin Wei Shin from the Booth School of Business. Professor Shin researches supply chain management and e-commerce operations, and he teaches both MBA and PhD courses. Professor Shin also works with companies to solve real-world problems. He is here to talk to us about his career path and how he became a University of Chicago professor. Welcome to the course. It is a pleasure to have you with us today. I'm very happy to be here. So, Linwei, can you give me a general overview of your career path from college all the way to becoming a professor at the University of Chicago? So, I was born in China. I went to college there. After that, I came to U.S. for pursuing a PhD. And then after my PhD, I got a faculty job at the University of Illinois about Champagne. After two years, I switched to University of Chicago. Right now, I'm an associate professor at the Booth School of Business at the University of Chicago. So I do research in supply chain management and e-commerce operation. I teach MBA and PhD courses. I also work with PhD students. I also work with companies to, to solve real-world problems, mostly on building mathematical models and algorithms. And Linwei, how would you explain your research interests to someone who isn't familiar with supply chains or how business works? All right. Uh, just imagine you are managing a retail store, right? So you have many products in your store. You want to decide how many inventory to stock in your store. So for example, for different pastas, right? So there are hundreds of different pastas. So you want to decide how many units, specific units for each pasta you want to stock in your store on, on a daily basis. So this is about inventory management. I also do a research like in a warehouse about operations in a warehouse. For example, right now, many warehouses are armed with robots, right? So, so which can efficiently improve the warehouse efficiency. Now, imagine you are run a warehouse armed with hundreds of robots. Now, your human workers have to work with robots collectively to pick and pack orders, right? Imagine someone place an order at Amazon and then you, you assign this order to a warehouse and then the pickers and robots there are going to pick your order. One thing I was done in the past was to design a model, an algorithm to effectively match robots and workers and orders in real time. Just imagine every second you are going to receive an online order and you are going to decide which robots to pick this order and which shelves and which item from the shelf to pick and which human are going to pack, pick and pack the order. So this type of uh, mathematical model and algorithms are what I'm doing on a daily basis. And what did you want to be when you were a kid? That's a really good question. In China, scientists usually receive a lot of respect. So I always want to be a scientist even when I was a kid but not necessarily a professor. I was top student in my middle school, especially um, I was very good in doing tests. So my teacher asked me to share my experience with parents of, my, uh, of other students in my class. So this was very weird, right? But I did that. So I guess I like the feeling of helping people improve their academic performance. So that's what professors do in college. And also my favorite subject was mathematics. I was competing for mathematics on Olympiad. I didn't get to the final round because there were just too many strong students. But still, I want to live on that. And there's a dilemma that doing something you're good at, 
but not really interesting. Uh, or um, versus something you're interested in, but not you're good at. I'm very glad and very fortunate that I never had this problem. So I like mathematics and I also want to build a career on that. And then I studied mathematics in college and then I pursue a PhD in relative fields. So I was pursuing a PhD in pure mathematics and then I, I later I switched to a PhD in operational research. So which is a branch of applied mathematics that apply analytic methods to help make better management decisions. So I love conducting research and especially love proving mathematical theorems. I also applied my knowledge of math to solve real-world problems. So I guess when I was a kid, my strong interest in mathematics played a key role. So Linway, how do you use mathematics today to solve real-world problems? First, we need to build a mathematic model, right? So like you are going to do inventory management, you are going to need a good inventory model to decide how many quantities you need for each product. And also <clears throat> for the robots problem, you want to build a large-scale integer program <clears throat> to effectively match robots and pickers. So those are the things where companies, are, so especially tech com- technology companies are doing nowadays. So it's just everywhere, not uh, only in supply chain, but in, in basically every field. You do consulting work with companies in addition to your duties as a professor. Uh, yes, I do. I do consulting, but mostly I do research with companies to up their most important questions. What are some of the questions that you've helped companies try to answer? One example so is that right now I'm working with a Chinese company on their inventory management. So we are going to decide how, how to do inventory management for their contacts. And just imagine when during the pandemic, right? So everything changes, your demand pattern changed, and also your supplies pattern changed. In particular, when an outbreak uh, happened in a city in China nowadays, and the city are going to be locked down. So that means a lot of panic buying, especially for those human buyers who are you know, negotiating with the supplier to decide how many quantities I'm going to need for the next month. During the lockdown, typically human buyers become panic and they overbuy. So right now we are going to design, we are working on a model trying to design an automated system that can tell human buyers which quantity are you going to order? So we did some A-B tests during the pandemic in, in several cities, and it turns out all algorithms can effectively mitigate panic buying. So that means we are going to need less inventory. More inventory means more cost for the company. If you can reduce panic buying, you are going to reduce your inventory cost. More interestingly, during pandemic, once you order more, like due to panic buying, your lead time gets longer means the time you're going to get your inventory gets longer. Many panic buying can also reduce the lead time and in fact improve or in-stock rates. So uh, that's something I feel mathematics is really important in, in playing a key role here. And Linway, in your path to becoming a professor, were there any challenges that you encountered and had to overcome? First is as an international student who who was a boy in China. So there are a cultural difference between China and US. So there are just many fundamental cultural difference. To make that transition is something not easy. During that process, my PhD advisor helped me a lot on that. Another challenge is that I, I originally studied in pure math and then I switched to applied mathematics. And 
I was in engineer. I got my PhD from engineering school, and then my first job was also in engineering school. And then I switched to business school two years later. So there are some fundamental difference between engineering school and business school. So, for example, in business school, we teach MBA students. So teaching is something really important. You you really want to, has to be a good teacher. But in an engineering school, funding is very important. So you want to get a lot of funding, and you are going to have a lot of PhD students to fund your PhD students, so on and so forth. So there are fundamental difference between that. I was trained in the engineering background, so I actually spent a lot of time preparing for my first. MBA class. So why before I joined U、uh, Chicago, one of my senior colleagues told me that you need spend nine months to prepare your very first MBA class. I didn't believe him in the first. I thought when I was teaching in the engineering school, you know, just a few days preparation that be sufficient. But later it turns out teaching really different in in a business school and engineering school. I did spend nine months preparing for that. So that's something I feel very challenged to to teach an MBA class, especially as someone who was not born in the U.S. So who have you relied on for support in your career? My family, for sure. Being a tenure track faculty is something. The life of a tenure track faculty is not easy. So I gladly I got a lot of support from my family, especially my wife and my parents. And also now I have two younger kids,、uh, so my time is more constrained. Compare with being a PhD student, you know, when I couldn't spend all the time on research. Now I need to be more effective, and、um, somehow in terms of making time. And also, my advisors play a key role in this transition. So when I was pursuing a PhD, I was not sure I want to be a faculty member because I know the tenure track process was not easy. And also, many of my friends who just went to industry. So, for example, they went to Amazon, they went to Google, so on and so forth. They went to technology companies. So I was not so sure I want to be a faculty at that time. But my advisors、uh, share though their experience with me, and then eventually I was convinced that、uh, my true interest was doing research, and and then working with students. So I guess during that process, my my advisor plays a key role now. Nowadays, I also tell my students the difference between being a faculty member and and versus being working in industry. So I don't want to force them to be stay in academia, but I just try to explain the difference between the two for them, and then let let them decide. What do you think it is about your personality that makes academia a better fit for you than going into industry? That's an excellent question. I'm not someone who is very social, so. I'm not someone in the party that who can speak to everyone easily, so I feel my personality makes me stay in academia easier than stay in industry. Because、uh, now the working environment is so it's easier. I just work with my students, and also I with my work with my colleagues、uh, who are very similar to me. So I feel for my personality, being a professor is the best choice. And what or who continues to inspire you in your field? I always look up to those people who are doing fundamental research in my field, especially someone、uh, who had se- several seminal papers that actually mo- motivated my career and my research. So when I was doing my PhD, my advisor told me a story. So he encouraged me to write a very high quality paper, right? So, to write a home run paper, and then I asked him, "How do you define a home run paper?" 
because uh, those evaluations are subjective, right? So different people have different views on that. And then he told me, say if you send your paper to 10 people randomly in our fields, right? So people have different views, people have very different tastes, but you send your paper to 10 random people. If all uh, they say this is a good paper, then it must be a good paper. So that's a goal I want to achieve. I also encourage my students to write such a paper, to write the same the papers, but also the results or the insights can be potentially used by industry. So now I, I try to do research that has deeper theory, but also has potential application in practice. And Wenwei, what are your personal goals for yourself and your career? Is there anything that you'd aspire to do beyond where you are currently? The very concrete uh, goal is to get tenure here. So first, beyond that, I will also consider doing one, two years sabbatical in companies. So I have left work in full-time in industry, accepting summer internships. So I always believe best practice can drive best theory. So if I have such opportunity in the near future, I will consider that. So basically, I will go to companies to learn the practice and then to validate my research in their setting. Sometimes the assumptions made in all models and papers may not be the best one. So I want to understand if I want to change that assumption, what should I do that? So without going to the company to know those details, there's no way to do that. Besides that, I will also consider uh, start on my business. So some of my papers and research may have potential impact to be commercialized. So there's something else I will consider to do in the near future. And Linwei, what is the most fun part of your job? So a fun part is you can teach many students. So like I teach three classes each year, three or four classes each year. So each section, I have 60, 70 students. That means every year I can teach 200 students. And if I teach for 10 years, I'm going to teach a thousand students. So the best part, you can teach many good students and you can interact with them and you, you can also learn from them. The other part is being a professor in business school, you interact with a lot of practitioners. So you can understand your limita- the limitations in your research by talking with them and then you can improve on that. So the other part is that for the paper publishing process, usually a long process. So your paper gets revised multiple times and eventually be published. So that's why in my fields, we don't quite publish many papers, but whenever we publish a paper, we celebrate. So I guess that's the one part. So you're going to see that you spend a lot of time on one paper. Eventually, after several rounds, it gets published. So that's the moment to celebrate. And also, I work with uh, several PhD students. So when they have good research results, when they have good job placement, I'm also very happy for that. So I guess that's the happy moment for being a professor. And what about the parts of your job that you don't like as much or you find challenging? I would say, so especially doing the tenure track. So before you get tenured, you get a lot of pressure. That's not the fun part of the job. At that time, you work a lot. You have a lot of pressures and you are not sure whether you, you will be getting tenured. So there's not a pressure from that perspective. However, after you get tenured, so life becomes much better. I can share this experience f- to my students. I usually ask them to think about the life after they get tenured. And what are you looking forward to in your life after tenure? First, I hope to continue to work productively. So that's things I hope to do. I also, as I mentioned earlier, I hope to spend more time talking to practitioners and even considering doing sabbatical in companies. 
to learn more about the the operations in the real world, and then to have better theory. I also consider to doing my business by commercializing my results, my research and my results. So you shared that you were born and grew up in China. What was the transition from China to becoming a student in the U.S. like for you? Did you experience any culture shock? So one big difference in my view is that students in China are are more shy. So if you teach a class in China, most likely there's no questions through the end. So people are very quiet. But in the U.S., people are very outspoken. So there's a clear difference. When I came to the U.S., I why was taking classes. I barely asked questions. I guess because that was the culture I was trained in China. So there was a big difference on that. The other things is about the language. So there was not a barriers in terms of communication and language. So even though after over the past 10 years, my communication skills have been uh, improving, but still I can feel the barrier. So I think that's something people need to overcome if they come from a, a different country. Do you see any benefits to teaching in a country that you are not a native resident of? So there are like 20 or 30% people are foreigners. So they are not U.S. born. You will see sometimes those people are like the younger me who didn't ask many questions. So I see the challenge. So that's why I usually encourage them to ask questions because I know the difficulty. I guess that's one of the benefits. I know the problems for those students, the potential issues, why they didn't ask questions, then I could work uh, on that. That's one benefit. I don't think about any others. Linway, what advice would you have to students who are considering pursuing a PhD and following a similar path as yours? I would encourage uh, them to talk to practitioners. I usually suggest my PhD student do a summer intern, although that's not quite uh, common in, in business schools, but I encourage them to do that because without going to companies, they will not know whether the assumptions in their paper make sense or not. So the other advice, I want to uh, encourage people to learn different mathematical tools. So you never know when they'll be become useful. So some tools I learned when I, in my college and I thought I was never going to use them, but uh, so it turns out that later doing my research, some of the uh, tools become useful. So you never know. So that's why I encourage people to learn different types or different styles of mathematics tools. And why did you decide to focus on business and specifically some of the supply chain logistics and e-commerce operations aspects of business? What was it about or what is it about those aspects that are so fascinating to you? Because over the past decades, e-commerce has been growing a lot. Just think about what happened during the pandemic. So people used to go to physical stores for grocery shopping. But during the early stage of the pandemic, people were locked down at home. They couldn't go do that. So which forced those retailers to go online and to translate their brick and mortar store to dark stores to provide the service to serve online orders from their customers. So this is the trend in the past 10 years. And of course, pandemic only speak of this trend. And this trend motivates uh, actually many interesting new research directions in my field. So that's why I spend a lot of time to talk to companies to understand what are the new business models, uh, what's the trend for the next few years. I feel I found these uh, areas fascinating. And the other reason is that I was trained in mathematics background. So I want to take advantage of that 
And doing research in supply chain and e-commerce, that requires a certain level of mathematical maturities. So my training and my ground provide that option. I also, I work on something on robots. So I was designing algorithms for robots. And robotic solutions is also the future. Right? Think about uh, during the pandemic, we don't have enough laborers, so on and so forth. So robotic solution is definitely the future. So when I'm looking at the research areas, I, I, I think about what the area will become 10 years from now. So if you think about robotic solutions or e-commerce, they are definitely something growing. Then finally, Linwei, what is the most gratifying or fulfilling part of the work that you do? So there are two parts. Uh, one part is I will be very happy to see my paper, my research are uh, implemented in practice. So that's something we very, feel very proud about. You know, all research are not only purely for, for theory, but actually can be used and have a real impact in the real world. The other part is that I'm trying to explain phenomena in the real world by theory. So for example, during my PhD, I was studying policy that was widely used in practice. So uh, that policy works really well empirically, but nobody knows why. And later on, we prove a theorem. We prove a mathematical theorem to explain why it works well. So that's something I'm really proud of. Means we actually develop a deeper theories to explain something in the real world. I've been speaking with Associate Professor Lin Wei Shin. Professor, thank you for your time. And course takers, if you enjoyed listening to today's interview, please check out the other ones. You can find out more about the University of Chicago through uchicago.edu or the university's campus in Hong Kong through uchicago.hk. Thanks for listening.